Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm your guest, Lee Lonsberry. Grateful to you for tuning in. Uh, we have a, a, an informative segment here coming up, uh, and it is due to a policy change at the University of Utah. Actually, it's tough to call it a policy change because I believe it's been in place for about a year now, uh, but they've stepped up the enforcement uh, of such a new policy. And on the line, we have someone who, uh, I'll tell you, behind the scenes here, uh, as I was working with their producers this morning, we were joking around about this title. It may be the most powerful-sounding title I've ever heard. Uh, We're speaking from the University of Utah to Christy Holt, who carries the title of Life Safety Manager. Ms. Holt, you on the line? I am here, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah. How do you go about getting the title of Life Safety Manager? Well, um, that was not anything to do with me other than, obviously, it's the job that I, that I got. But um, our director of the stadium, Aaron White, he decided that um, since safety is one of our first and foremost concerns here at the stadium and on campus in general, that we want to keep our patrons and our students safe at all times, that Life Safety Manager would be a good title for me. So um, that is... Who gave that to me? Let's, let's start over. I'm going to give you some advice. When someone asks you, how would you become the life safety manager, what you say to them is, because of my superhuman qualities, I am pretty much an X-Men or an Avenger or uh, whatever the lesser known uh, teams of, of superheroes would be. I think you're a superhero, and we're going to stick with that one. On the line also, we have Robin Marcus, who's the chief wellness officer uh, for the U. Uh, Robin, are you on the line? I am. I'm grateful to you for uh, for joining us as well. Uh, Christy, will you tell us, please, what this new policy is or what this new uh, enforcement uh, is happening up at the University of Utah? Well, I actually can speak to the enforcement of it, but we probably want to let Robin talk a little bit more about what the policy is. So I'll defer to Let's Robin. start there. Robin, tell us what the new policy is. Sure. So this policy actually went into uh, place in July of 2018, the University of Utah campus is a 100% tobacco-free campus, and we've joined uh, several other uh, campuses across the country in this effort, um, and I'll hand it back to Christy. But if, uh, if, if you know, someone wants to have a smoke, there are lounges for them, of course, right? Absolutely. Actually, there are not lounges here anymore. Um, oh. the, the, the policy does include University of Utah um, locations. So if you were to be around the university but not on our property, uh, we don't have any jurisdiction over that. I, I'm just teasing with you. Of course there are no lounges. You are 100% smoke-free. That's the policy. Why uh, is it now making headlines again? What does it mean to now fully enforce uh, after having the policy in place for some time now? Well, so at the stadium and arena, that's um, 
the areas that I oversee. Last year, we had quite a few changes going into place with clear bag policy and some other things that we were doing here. And so the decision was made that we would educate our fans for a year before we would implement this policy uh, fully at the stadium. It has been a year now, and we are fully on board with what the student initiative was that brought about this policy. So we have eliminated our smoking sections that were actually um, – Stationed outside the perimeter of the stadium, they, it was a gate that you could exit out into a small area where you could smoke, kind of like the lounges that you referred to earlier. You could smoke, and it was outside of the stadium, so we were still in compliance with the um, Utah Clean Air Act, but you were still connected to the stadium so that you didn't actually leave the stadium and then try to reenter, because that is also a stadium policy, is that there's no reentry during games. So this year, those those smoking sections have been eliminated in an effort to be tobacco-free. And so all of our patrons and guests coming to the games will be asked to remain tobacco-free while they're here. No smoking, no chewing, no vaping, um, no use of tobacco products. But you are still allowed to bring in tobacco aids such as gum and patches and anything that you use to um, – to help you through with that in it without using tobacco. You mentioned vaping. That's what the weirdo kids do. That's also banned uh, uh, at the at the stadium. It is yes. We do not allow vaping here. So anyone who is vaping will be asked to stop. You, you, you mentioned too there was an initiative some time ago led by students. Uh, what was that? How do, a group of students just assembles together? They say we don't like smoking, and they approach the university and say, "Hey, uh, you ought to rethink this policy." Well, t- tell me about the genesis of this policy change. So, so I can take that. Um, I'll tell you, this, this really started almost 10 years ago, um, and it was a student initiative. So students came to us and, and uh, identified this as a priority of theirs, uh, primarily for health purposes. Um, so, yeah, it was initiated then. It took us uh, quite a long time uh, because we considered a lot of different things uh, before we actually made the move uh, and put the policy in place uh, in July of 18. Smoking's on the decline. It has been for some time. We, we, it's, you aren't special uh, for, for implementing this policy. Uh, I applaud you for it, certainly. Uh, but we've seen the decline of, uh, of accommodations being made for smokers for some time. If I remember, as I'd fly in and out of Salt Lake City Airport, I used to find it strange that they did have a smoking lounge there. Uh, as you get down there by the Delta terminals. Uh, now that's gone. That's been gone for, for a long time. Th- this is the new wave. Smoking is on the way out. It's certainly not cool anymore. And when you see it happen in movies, it catches you off guard. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, yeah, I think that is. I think the other thing is we're, we're trying to be respectful of people um, who choose to smoke or, or smoke for different reasons. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. It is on the decline, and um, we want to support that. Outstanding. Uh, someone violates the policy. What happens to them? So what we are um, informing our staff that includes our security, police, ushers, ambassadors, concierge, all of our guest services staff, that if they do see someone who is smoking inside of the stadium, smoking, vaping, or using another tobacco product, that we will go up to them and kindly ask them to refrain from doing that because we are a uh, tobacco-free campus. Uh, if they comply and uh, put it out, stop, cease the use of it, and go about their way, we are completely fine. If there is any sort of belligerent or criminal activity that takes place in association with being asked to stop that um, behavior, then there might be other measures that would be taken beyond that. But we fully anticipate that people will be compliant and that they will be respectful and, and, and 
stop using whatever product they're using when we ask them to. When uh, you, you you listed off the the banned substances earlier in this conversation, you mentioned smokeless tobacco. That's a, that's chewing tobacco. Yes, it is. That's that's also banned. It is. I understand. Uh, I understand, uh, like a cigarette being banned due to the secondhand uh, nature uh, of the, of the smoke emitted. But to, to help me understand the rationale behind banning the, the smokeless tobacco. I'll let Robin take that. So I can, I can tell you that uh, we considered a, a lot of options for our um, tobacco-free movement, and really, what what we're about is about health, uh, and so that's why we did make the move to go 100% tobacco-free, and we also added vaping to that uh, for health reasons. All right. Uh, I, I am grateful to both of you. Uh, l- let me ask you, uh, Christy, why are you called the life safety manager? I'm called the life safety manager because I oversee... No, because you're a superhero! <laughs> because you're a superhero! I'm basically Wonder Woman. That's it. That's <laughs> the way. That's what I wanted to hear. Uh, well, good luck this weekend. Uh, you're fighting the, the, the folks from Northern Illinois, is that right? That's right. Any predictions? Oh, Utes are going to win for sure. Go Utes. All right. Very good. Well, I'm grateful to you. That's the University of Utah. They uh, no longer allow smoking of any kind, no smokeless tobacco, none of the vaping uh, uh, on any campus property. Uh, That's the new policy being fully enforced, uh, and I'm grateful to hear that. I think that's a good move. Uh, next up, we're going to speak to uh, one of my favorite folks, uh, Representative Chris Stewart. He's going to talk to us about some of his Intel, Intel Committee travels and also an effort of his uh, to make resources available to those uh, who find themselves contemplating suicide. I'm Lee Lonsberry, filling in on Inside Sources, and this is KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.